What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Story Worth Sharing podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Shepard, and I am joined today by the ever-so-wonderful Emmy Rodriguez. Wow. It does get better every time. Every time. I'm always waiting for the new thing. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. I love it. Ever-so-wonderful. So how are you doing today, Emmy? I'm good. Uh, (laughs) I read a story today Uh that I think it's not a new story, but it really just made me question what people think sometimes okay i feel like that's a normal thing i think that's we all think that but this is an interesting setup this story (laughs) just made me laugh so there was a couple who was planning their wedding in florida okay are they from florida i assume so okay i'm gonna assume they are and uh, (laughs) so they attempted to host this like two-day wedding celebration at a mansion that they didn't have permission to use what (laughs) right so they like yeah they like planned it full out like invitations they were super elaborate these invitations had like their love story on it and even told them that it was in a two-day like event the first day they'd be out late till midnight and then they'd come back the next day for like this brunch or something (laughs) whatever and so when the owner found out about it on the day of the wedding he like ended up calling the police but the day of the wedding like the groom and someone else shows up to like the gate of this mansion and like realizing he can't get in like okay like you would think that would make sense so the owner i guess sees them and these people like the groom and whoever this other person are like trying to tell them like we're having a wedding here today like let us in like uh oh and they said something like it's god's plan it's god's message (laughs) and so the owner like calls the police and he's like these people are trespassing on my property and apparently there was an open house months back where this guy who's the groom at this point visited it pretending to be a potential buyer okay even asked the owner like hey can we use your backyard for the wedding and he said no like we're not doing that (laughs) said no so they did have this talk but then i guess come back now that the guy thought it was a vacant house and decided that they were just going to have the wedding anyway didn't realize that the guy lives on the property in a different home but lives there and so i was just seeing like Okay, how did you think this was going to work? You yeah. were going to plan like he was there the morning to set up for like how did you think you were getting access to this property? I don't understand. Yeah, that that I, that's a bizarre one. That that's bizarre. And I, you know, you know that there's you you hope that there are not people like that out in the world, but you just know that they exist. And I you guess just, they just you really, it really took a risk of like, they'll let me in. Like, it's our wedding. They're going to let us in, right? Yeah, that's a you really think? big risk. I'm assuming people were coming from out of town and expecting they, this yes. big extravagant deal. Like, and all of their family, all of their friends, like, like, I don't even, I don't even know. I just feel like for a wedding, like you would for sure want to be sure of all things, the venue is like set in stone. Yeah. No. So, so what I'm gaining from this is that you're just not a risk taker. Is that what you're saying? Not to me? for something like that. I would never assume that I can just go somewhere into someone else's property and use it. Just gonna for roll with two it. Two days, not even a day or an evening. Two full days. Have you ever gone swimming in a swimming pool you weren't supposed to be in? A swimming like someone's house. Yeah, like about? jump over the fence in someone's <laughs> no. house or go in the hotel that you're not staying at. No. Mm, I really to try to think. No, I haven't. I would do the hotel thing though, <laughs> if, if like yeah, the opportunity came about. Someone's house though, probably not. Hundred <laughs> percent. No, no way. Oh man, that's funny. Well, I have a feeling that I know about our guest today, and that he would answer that question differently. In fact, he probably has done something that he, you know, wasn't invited to do. So <laughs> anyway, today we're excited to have another one of our coworkers, Ryan Sheridan, on the podcast. What's up, Ryan? Yo. Yo, I like it. That's maybe the best just intro, like, hello. Yeah. Here I am. Yo. How do I get my voice to sound like yours? Like, I need 
like a deeper better about course. 12 years of smoking two packs a day I'm just kidding. Like, I've never wow, smoked anything. That did not but, come out in your episode, yeah, Chris. Dang. That's true. Yeah, I've never, I've never smoked anything other than a turkey. But actually, to be fair, up. I've never smoked a turkey either. I don't even know why I said that. I've literally <laughs> never smoked anything in my life. But, seemed like the right response. Yeah. You know, you're like the fourth guest in a row that has said something about my like radio voice and whatever. Yeah, no, mine yeah. just sounds thin and whiny. Thin. Like no, nasally. Nothing. Hi, guys. No, okay, no, yeah, do not do that. It's going to be a great okay. podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, Ryan, before we introduce you, like, fully, have you ever swam in a pool you weren't supposed to be in? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> it all kind of it blends seems, together. It seems so, like, yeah, probably. Like, I, I would expect nothing less from myself. So My yeah, wife has a saying, and it's just make better choices. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> And like, there's a joke that that needs to be tattooed on me somewhere. Mm. I, I sounds like these people you're talking about. I will just kind of go with the flow, and I'd be like, all right, cool. Let's just have our wedding wherever. <laughs> yeah, let's just do it. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but it's, it's part of the adventure. I have a feeling we're going to hear about some more adventures yeah, on today's podcast, sure, which I'm really sure. I'm looking forward to a lot. But before we get to that part of your story, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So uh, I moved down to Texas in 2009 from Idaho. Nice. I'm the uh, resident potato expert here mm-hmm. <laughs> to uh, work on a master's at A&M and did that and almost got a PhD. Nice. So I'm an almost doctor. Almost. Not the kind that helps people, though, so please don't ask. <laughs> Um, and then I'd been working here part time and my wife and I got pregnant with our first and only child Asher and got offered a job here and thought, well, I think I'll stay around. So I'm the, uh, production director here. I handle volunteers on Sunday that run production, sound, lights, all the fun stuff. Yes. You make people look and sound good all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, you said you're the kind of doctor that doesn't help or the almost doctor that doesn't help people, but you, you help people all the time. Not in a doctorly way, though. Uh, I mean, if you have a tree problem, I can do that. That's true. You were so you were a forestry forestry major. Yeah, forestry major. Yeah, worked for NASA a little bit. Yeah, like that's casual. Casual. So casual. A little bit. Lasers and squirrels (laughs) and trees, all sorts of. I'll let y'all fill in the blanks. Oh man, I I cannot wait to get into this. Mm -hmm. So the premise of this podcast, Ryan, is is really just creating a space for people to come and tell their story. In, in the context of recognizing there are these moments, there are these people, these lessons that kind of come together. And it's the uh, one of one of our college students learned the word amalgamation the other day. Ooh. And he was like, do you know what that word means? I'm like, yeah, I know what amalgamation means. I mean, do you know what amalgamation means? I do means? not know what that means. It's a $5 word. Yeah. Ooh, $5. Wow. I feel, I feel rich now. Wow. Yeah. Amalgamation is basically like the coming together of like putting all of these things together, the collection of and how they work together. So that was a a 25 cent definition of a $5 word. But the culmination of these things coming together is really what shapes who we are. And that's the story that we have to tell. And sometimes I think we discount our own story because in the moment, maybe we didn't recognize what was happening or maybe we did, but we often discount or discredit ourselves, And we believe that everybody has a story worth sharing. And so thank you for agreeing to come on and share some of your story with us. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just start with just what are some of those moments? Like what are, what are some of those seasons or those moments in your life that you would say, man, that has absolutely had a, a profound impact on the person that I've become the husband, the, the Christ follower, the, the leader, whatever that I, that I am. Man, deep questions. <laughs> 
starting you know that hot. I excel on the deep question. Starting area. hot, yeah. yeah. Gosh, uh, you know, I would say that one of them would have to be even just coming to work at the church. Um, you know, I gosh, by the time I was close to finishing my PhD, I, I had never been out of school. So, like, yeah. literally, kindergarten, preschool, whatever, straight through. Five years of an undergrad because I'm definitely an underachiever and I can't make up my mind about what I want to do. Then two and a half, three years for a master's because, again, just underachieving. And I think four years for an almost PhD. Is that just like PH? Yeah. APH. APH. APHD. Why not? Let's do that one. Okay, cool. And so, I mean, you know, I did all that. And then I have the struggle about, I mean, the way the academic world works, if... I stay in school, and I finish this PhD, which I love teaching. I'm not good at the research <laughs> yeah. portion of it. And if I stay there and do this, my issue is is that I'm going to get a postdoc, and then every two years I'm going to have to move. You know, and, like, it's – I didn't realize when I did all this – again, I didn't have a plan, so I was just kind of going with the flow. Like, oh, I don't have this, but there's this, and so I'll do it. And so, I mean, it would have been a lot of moving, really hard to get a job. Like somebody retires, dies, quits, whatever, you know, hopefully not the dying part. Uh, and, you know, you have 50 plus people, probably even more trying to get that job. And to try and get to a stable place, you know, I just saw myself 15, 16 years down the road. Yeah. And I don't know my son. I'm not with my wife much because I'm always at work doing all these things and just pouring my life in that to make sure we have a stable job. And, uh, yeah, I just didn't want that, you yeah. know. But at the same time, you know, being raised as a person who you start something, you finish it, which ironically, that's not really my MO on anything. There's still <laughs> ceiling tiles around here that aren't quite put back. And I get reminded of it by Pastor Sean all the time. Sorry, Sean. Hopefully you can find the ones that I left out. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, you know, I'm sitting there trying to figure out whether I should finish. You know, another part of the story, since I just jump around everywhere, is I grew up, uh, my dad was a pastor. So yeah. I'm the only child of a pastor, which is like two strikes, right? Um, <laughs> no joke. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, he, by the time he had retired from the church, he'd gotten burnt so many times that he was really hesitant about, you know, me going and working for a church. My mom was like, hey, no, no, go for it, do whatever, you know. And like, so I'm just sitting here having the struggle because a lot of my life had been based around to that point, like my parents approving of what I did. Right. I, I never had had an instance where they were not like, oh, yeah, it's a great idea. You know, yeah. like, you're going to go to school. Cool. It's a great idea. You're going to get married. Great idea. You know, so we're sitting there and I'm having this internal struggle. And I think. Uh, you know, I've been journaling, which uh, I'm hit or miss on, and when I do it, and when I can kind of like figure out how it works <laughs> for me, yeah, it works really well. But I'd been journaling and praying and really digging in the Word, and I finally just said, God, like, I need a sign. Like, and right, cliche and everything, but mm -hmm. I said, I need a sign. If you want me to take this job, I feel like I should, but I need, I need to know. Like, I, yeah. I want to know. And literally that day, I was up here working out of the blue, I hadn't talked to my dad in a couple of days, and we usually talk multiple times a week. He called and said, hey, I just want you to know that no matter what you do, I'm proud of you, and uh, you know, like if you feel like you need to work at the church, go for it. That's and awesome. I was just like, yeah. So literally, I'm walking downstairs with Corey, and I said, hey, man, you said about like something about a full-time job? Like, tell <laughs> me about this, because I, I want it, you know? Wow. And, like, it was wow. just yeah. that easy to make the decision. So it upped my faith level, let's mm. put it that way. You know, like, I, I've always been one to be very faithful in God and just kind of trust so much so that sometimes I sit there and go, am I actually really being faithful or am I just being ignorant and just blind to everything yeah. that's going on? But like, it's enough to the point where like, Hey, we're going to be okay. You know, not like I'm going to go out and spend all my money and be like, God's going to take care of me or, 
go stand in the street and be like, no, no, he'll protect me from the yeah. cars. No, it's it, just it's like, God's plan. Know, yeah. We can have our wedding yeah. here. It's God's plan. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah. But you know, like it's it's always been easy for me to trust that that's going to be okay, even when you know me as an individual is misbehaving or not following what God really wants me to do. Right. Or, you know, like I always know that he loves me. Like I, I, it's just, I grew up that way. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, man, that that's awesome. What would you say or since maybe you transition? Cause that's a big transition. And man, I, I didn't, I don't know that I would say I had a front row seat, but we, we've been friends through kind of that Absolutely. whole process. And when you worked at NASA and I was like, I know an astronaut, <laughs> that's not what you <laughs> they did, made but it's still, to space. still <laughs> it was cool. Uh, but what would you say on the other side, now that you're on the other side of that big moment where, and as you just defined, like was a big, like faith level up, right. Of just this kind of ownership and recognizing that what are, what would you say are some of the other big moments for you that have kept you going down this path. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like I love my job. Like I love doing what I do. I'm not trained at all in anything that I do, so it's it's, it's a miracle that everything happens normally and Yeah. You know, if you go look at it in the wiring or anything, somebody else is saying, like, I don't know how this works. I'm like, oh, it's this, this, and this. You know, and it's not because I'm smart. It's just because I did it in a weird way. But you know, like it's a general like reaffirmation that I'm supposed to be here. Like uh, you know, I think everybody struggles with wondering if they're in the right spot, if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, if they're anything, if they're good at what they do, like mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, right? Right. Like, where you think, oh, I actually don't know anything. And sometime everyone's going to figure that Somebody's out. Somebody's going to figure it out. Yeah. And then I'm just going to be like, well, you know, whatever, like yeah. uh, I'm not going to have a job or whatever. But, you know, so I struggle with that a lot. And I think, you know, it's those moments of having to lean back into God in those, it like the struggles, right? So walking around being like, I actually don't know anything about what I'm doing. And I don't know why I have this job, but like getting to influence the people around me, like some of the younger folks that work here, you know, getting to work side by side with like you at 242 or play or any of those things. I mean, it's, I ne- I go home being like mentally tired, but I'm never exhausted from my work. Yeah. And it's really cool to see like day in and day out. It's like work's a happy place for me. Like I know a lot of people that go to work and they hate it. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that every single day that I go to work, even if it's a bad day, like I, it's not like I dread waking up in the morning and going to work. I wake up and I'm like, oh, cool, I get to go to work today. Like, I get yeah. to see my friends, I get to do things. It's going to be cool. You know? That's awesome. And that is like completely contrast to the picture that you had painted in your mind of what 15, 16 years down the road looked like. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that I would imagine, I, you know, I, I got my master's degree, but wasn't really pursuing academia, but I saw that. I definitely saw like the rat race and what that basically what you were setting yourself up for. And so I'm sure that that was modeled for you as well with just some of your advisors or supervisors or whatever. And you're just like, man, this is what I guess this is just what it has to look like if I'm going to pursue this thing and to then be on the other side of that and be like, man, it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't have been happy in that. Sure. Like it's, it just wasn't, for me, you know, like it's a side effect of my whole not thinking things through. Like this job has been the one thing that I thought through, like mm-hmm. it, as, as weird as that sounds that I just like, I don't know, just sat there and just labored over trying to figure out whether this was what I needed to do or wow. what. But like, you know, talk about people starting a PhD for some people, that's like what they labor over. They mm-hmm. try to figure out, am I supposed to do this? And it was literally like, well, I have nothing else to do and I don't have a job. So you're offering to pay me money to do that. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. It's a no brainer because I'm just not planning things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think one of my favorite things about hearing people's stories is getting to hear about the people that walked with them or have impacted bringing you where you are and the people that are continuing to do that. And so I'd love for you to share like, who are those people? Who are the people that 
encourage you. You spoke about your dad giving you that like last push of affirmation, which I'm sure was huge, but just talk about like who those were for you. Yeah. I mean, like my parents have always been like huge supporters of me in basically uh, everything that I've tried to do successful or not, (laughs) Uh, you know, but Andrea, my wife was a really great supporter during that time. Like she definitely, she told me at one point, Hey, I have an opinion on what you should do, but I'm not going to tell you because I don't want you to make a choice and then regret it or make a choice because I want you to make it. So like, spoiler, it was the church. Uh, (laughs) I was going to ask. So yeah, spoiler was the church, but, uh, you know, I didn't go the other way. Spoiler alert. She wanted me to stay in my PhD. (laughs) Um, so yeah, there's that, you know, really like people around here that have that I've been with that I like I started so when I started working here like Chris and I started working around the same time mm-hmm. we'd been in a small group together so I mean Chris and I have done a lot of things together and, and he's my unofficial slash I guess he's my official life spotter he I've really, never once received a check for this though. well no spotter. it's an honorary kind of thing oh, okay oh like, oh honorary, honorary. and gotcha. we don't gotcha. prank each other because of it that very true that's paycheck enough yeah for wow. those of you who don't know my life spotter actually just puts me in line when there's a serious thing going on and, and my Ryan filter can't figure out that we need to be quiet. It's true. Uh, that's that's his number one job, typically. But, oh, the stories we could tell of the pranks we pulled on other people. Oh, absolutely. Mm. You know, so Chris is one of them. Uh, Corey Ging has probably been the biggest influence here for me. Yeah. Uh, really close friend of mine and just a great overall boss to work for. You know, it's never, I mean, it feels more like a friend than a boss, no matter what, and probably to his detriment. I mean, so I just kind of <laughs> latch on there and do all sorts of silly things to him. But, yeah, I mean, it's... Really, a lot of the people that impact me work here with me, and this is such a special, close, tight-knit group of people that, like, I mean, I've had a lot of other jobs and weird ones or whatever, but, like, never have I ever worked with people who are this close who, like, I could call any of them at 3 in the morning, and if I needed something, they would be there in a heartbeat. Now, if I was pranking them, they'd tell me to go away, but, <laughs> yeah, I'm very blessed to have everybody here in my life, some of my best friends. In fact, most of my best friends work here, you know, excluding people so from great. Idaho, but <laughs> the potato people. Don't forget about those people. The only potato like, only people. people up there since I left. So okay, so we're going we're gonna to sidetrack a little bit because you, we both now have mentioned pranking. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to hear your favorite pranking story ever that so you were involved in. Here? No, Period can be whatever. Man. Ooh. I don't know. There's just so many of them. Like, <laughs> Corey, Corey likes to joke that like, if I won the lottery, I would eventually not have any friends because I would have... The thing that holds me back from pranking everyone all the time is having like an income. That, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I can't spend all of my money on that because I have to have a house and things like that. <laughs> and so... Uh, Which Andrew appreciates. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he jokes that if I won the lottery, I'd eventually not have any friends because I'd be pranking <laughs> them but buying them cars, but then like the car would blow up. I don't know. Something weird. Uh, so you would wow. kill your friends? Wow. No, no, no. Not, not with them in it. it. Okay. Okay. I would say, so there's two. One's a prank and the one's that I, one's one that I didn't do. It's like the boy who cried wolf kind yeah, of thing. So yeah. the one that I did was when I was working here part-time, you'll remember uh, Brian Linder worked here. Oh, yeah. Here. I know exactly <laughs> where this is going. And so... Gosh, so it was Corey and Brian, and then you, me, and Lindsay were also in that office on mm-hmm. and off. It's Rocco's office Yeah, now. that's crazy. And so I wrote a program that lived on a different computer in the building, and it would log into Brian's computer randomly throughout the day. It could be every <laughs> minute, or it could be up to every, like, 23 hours. And it would adjust the volume on his computer without him knowing, and then it would simply whisper different phrases that Brian had said or some that I just made up. Like, I can't even think of all of them. But, like, 
all I remember is this thing randomly going off. Like I'd be up here for rehearsal in the evening and you'd hear it when you walked upstairs, this creepy like, hello. <laughs> you know, no. and it was just, it was the best thing. And he kept saying there's some sort of what, sadistic Batman yes. coming from my yeah. computer. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, I know it was either you, Chris, or Corey, and you guys are going to get it. And like, he, I don't think he ever like no. went back on that. But like, yeah, we let that thing run for a while. This may great. be the first time he's actually finding out about it, Brian. That, 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 that could be it. Yeah, Brian, yeah. I'm wow. sorry, buddy. Dang. <laughs> come it get me. You just messed up too. Yeah, come get That's me. so funny. Yeah, because there would be times when I'd be in there like editing video or something, and he'd be at his desk with his headphones on. Like working on graphic design or something small group related or whatever, and all of a sudden he'd like sit back oh in his chair gosh. and he'd just look around the room trying to figure out, okay, who just did something, oh not realizing gosh. it was a program that was running in the background. So I funny. never saw it actually happen, but yeah. just knowing that it was happening was just enough. For <laughs> so me. good, so it good, made my day. Okay, so you said then there was the boy who cried wolf. What's the other story? So, not maybe some people know, but like Corey has a Jeep, mm-hmm. and. It's been years now. I keep these all seem so recent. I was making a joke the other day, and Corey's like, "That was like four years ago, man. Let it go." And I'm yeah. like, "Oh crap, <laughs> let it go." Uh, but yeah, so like he came out one morning. He lives kind of out in the country by Welburn, out past Welburn a little mm-hmm. bit, and came out one morning, and his Jeep's up on blocks, and his wheels are gone. Mm-hmm. And he said his first thought that ran through his head was. <laughs> Where's Ryan? Oh, oh, man. And I can tell you that I never would have done anything like that because that man loves his Jeep. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. like, you know, he was trying to yeah. look around, and it, it wasn't me. It was somebody. So you just got us. credit for a prank yeah. that was actually theft. Oh, it wasn't man. actually a prank. Yeah. You know what? All right. I got one more. I yeah. got to. <laughs> if anyone has ever seen my debit card. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't remember. I was trying to put sloth astronaut. If you don't know what that is, Google it. I was trying to put that on my debit card. Yeah, because like, you love sloths. I love sloths. Yeah. yeah. And it's an astronaut. I mean, NASA <laughs> astronaut sloths. It's just me in a nutshell. But <laughs> I was trying to put that on my debit card. And Wells Fargo said, nah, I think it was probably like a copyrighted image or something. They found it online. Oh. And so as a joke... We were always referring to Corey as Court Giver, or maybe I was. I don't know. <laughs> and so if you don't know who MacGyver is, you should go look that up, too. It was a dude that used to solve like problems with like a paperclip and a rubber band, and he'd yeah. make things blow up or whatever. Super cool. And so we'd always refer to Corey like that. And so I went and searched through Facebook and found Corey's head tilted just the right way in the picture. <laughs> And very poorly, might I add, photoshopped very poorly MacGyver's hair onto Corey, and <laughs> yeah. then put this like beautiful sunset in the background. Yeah, and I was like, surely Wells Fargo's not going to send me this card. And I think I'm on my eighth one. And so I mean, you know, I have this card, and we it. went out to lunch, and I told Corey, I said, "Hey, man, I got it." And he looked at us like, "Stop! <laughs> what?" And so, yeah, I have this, this Corey card, and it's, it still pops up from time to time. Like, if he goes into a store before me, I'll tell the lady, like, hey, this guy's coming in. He's on my card. When he comes in next, you should say he looks familiar. <laughs> but it's also caused me a lot of trouble. Like, sometimes I can't get things because people don't believe it's my card. Because oh, it's got someone yeah. else's face That's on it. That's right, yeah. So, like, my, my two stories are I lost a bet. If it's a guy and I, I say I lost a bet, usually that gets me past. Yeah. Like, oh, that's super cool. I need to bet that with somebody. <laughs> uh, and then if it's a gal, I just say it's my dead best friend. And that sounds horrible. <laughs> but Ryan! It, it, it lets me usually use the card. Now, the oh, one exception to that whole story. Until Corey walks in behind you. Oh, no my one knows gosh. he doesn't have a mullet anymore, that's but that's in style now. Anymore. I like how you said anymore. Yeah. In my mind, he does. <laughs> the one time I didn't get anything with it was this lady at... Uh, Little Caesars refused to sell me a $5 hot and ready with this card. <laughs> so I showed her my ID, and she goes, no, it's not you. I said, but the name's the same. She says, it's still not you. And so I pulled out another credit card, and I show her that, and she goes, nope, no, you're not getting any, any pizza tonight. And I'm like, but ma'am, and she said, no, 
I'm like, it's just five dollars. <laughs> So, I mean, it, it has so you caused made me your, some grief, too. Yeah, you made your wife and son mad at you because you didn't come home with a hot and ready. I just went to different Little Caesars. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, there's there's enough of them. We're okay. All right. Oh, my I'm gosh. okay being inconvenienced by my own pranks. Oh, my gosh. It's good to know. There, there are so many more stories. Oh, my gosh. There are so many. We've surrendered at people's cars. Yeah. We have duct taped <laughs> air horns under people's office chairs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good times. Good times. We, we should bring some pranks back out i i feel like you know it's kind of shifted in the office culture is shifted a little bit where like y'all's team specifically everything is targeted at Corey, and it's normally in a like some kind of graphic design way yeah the pillow out of his head yeah you you just (laughs) take his face and put it on random things and um like his face has been on a cutout that uh, Toby Mac took a picture with and the North Point sticker. Y'all thing? have stuck mm-hmm. stickers mm-hmm. all over the city of Atlanta. Scroggins, yeah. With, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's pretty crazy, actually. And I'm surprised that Corey still employs any of y'all because I don't know that I would if I was y'all's <laughs> boss. But we should probably bust out some some pranks. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm always down for a good prank. I've, I've kind of settled on scaring lately. Nice. I like to scare Gabe over here. He's a good jumpy one. Yeah, it's easy. That's mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. It's low-hanging fruit right yeah, there. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Kayla is another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Justin. And Justin. And Justin. Yes. Yes. Honestly, yes. Rocco, too. He just lays down when it happens. Mm-hmm. He's like one of those scary, like, like fainting goats. Yeah, I can <laughs> see that. So I'm guessing that um, you've learned some lessons along the way, and you've just, you know, lots of different life experiences um, you've worked in a jewelry store. You've worked for NASA. You now work at a church. You continue to go back and serve at a summer camp for your old church every summer. And so there's just a lot, I mean, a lot of different life experiences. And I'm imagining that there are some lessons that you have learned along the way. And so just share a couple of those. What What is a lesson that you have learned about work? A lesson I've learned about work. It's the cliche one, right? Do something you love and you're never working a day in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, that for sure. But, I mean, I think that if you can find a place where, I don't know, you feel like you belong, you know, where it's more than just a job, that will be, whether it's a permanent thing or whether it's just a temporary thing for, you know, a year or two, whatever, yeah. I think you're going to get way more out of that than just, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's sometimes you just need a job. But, yeah. like, if you can find a place where you really feel like you belong and what you're doing is good, uh, it's just going to be so much more fulfilling than, you know, just doing whatever you can. Right. Okay, what is a lesson you have learned about community? Ooh, man, so, like, you were in I Love with me. I Love was a small group that started way back when, and there's a number of us that have wound up on staff, which is... Mm -hmm funny and and awesome uh just makes me happy to think about but man like finding your community finding your place to be plugged in and a group of people who you can do life with is one of the most fantastic things ever like you know andrew and i moved down here from idaho we don't have any like i say real and air quote family down here but like every single one of our i love like couples that we're in a group with uh are are to me, and I know to Andrea too, both just our family. Like, yeah. um, you know, you and Leisha, uh, Megan and Jake, Brad and and his Megan, and there's just so many of them that you can hardly like get them all out. Mm-hmm. But like, it is so cool to see that like you know we've all kind of gone our separate ways. We're in different small groups now, but like we can still all get together and we can still pick up right where we left off. And you know, there's always that advice or that help. Like, 
I remember when we were all in this small group, we were going through like the seasons of life together. It was really funny. Like one person would get a house. I felt like for a year, all we did was move yes. people on the weekends. Yes. It was like, oh, oh my they gosh. got a house. Yes. Oh, they got a house. Oh, they, oh, now we've got a house. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm cashing in those chips. Yeah. Y'all are helping me yeah. move now. Absolutely. And then it was, and after that was babies, you know, yeah. like, okay, everybody's had at least one, you know, and uh, it's just been really cool to walk through those, those moments. Like Andrea has a group of, of moms that are all in a group text. And so like, as one's gone through a season of life, then now four or five gals can speak into that. Yeah. And, you know, we're sharing clothes and, you know, we're doing birthday parties together. Uh, so, I mean, gosh, just finding that community where you can feel like you can belong and be genuine and be vulnerable and have questions uh, and just learn and grow together is is one of the best things you can do. Okay. I'm, we've never done this before where I've, like, given you topics of uh, lessons you've learned, but Love what it. is a lesson you've learned about faith? About faith? You know, I would say that COVID year has been really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and remote work works, I guess, a little bit. So a- Andrea's a dance teacher. And so, I mean, she's in her little office at our house teaching dance classes over Zoom, which is hilarious because you can't hear anything except for her yelling at students. Not in a mean way, but like an yeah, encouraging yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and like, hey, turn your screen back on and, you know, like, <laughs> oh. meet your mic. Um, so she's doing that. I'm watching Asher. And then, like, she'd come out and it'd be my turn to work. And I'm like, I don't know how to work mm. from home. Like yeah. everything I do is so driven around this building. Yes, the church is not a building and all that stuff. But like my job is based on like managing tech here yeah. <laughs> and like setting things up and whatnot. And so like I felt lost for quite a bit hmm. of COVID, I would say. And so, I mean, really the thing that got me through is that verse about, you know, don't worry about the things of tomorrow today has enough problems of its own. Yeah. Obviously paraphrasing, but like sure. that has really been kind of just what I held on to all year. And, you know, like God was faithful. Right. So like we started to do live streaming and then that got me back in the building. And then it was like, okay, Hey, we've got like eight new systems. We got to get up. Let's figure out how to make these work. And like, suddenly like it was almost like God made me take a break mm. to re-energize, even though I didn't know that I was re-energizing and I had all this yeah. anxious energy ready, built <laughs> up, ready to go, probably yeah. annoying the crap out of my wife <laughs> and my child. And like all of a sudden it was like, all right, man, now we really got to go. Like let's sprint. And I was able to do that. And that was super cool. So like just leaning into God and saying, Hey, this is a space that I feel uncomfortable with. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like sitting still. But it was almost like he, not that the whole pandemic was for me to sit still, but like in in that, he really forced me to just rest Yeah, for what was coming so up. So good. Okay, two more. Lessons you have learned about being a dad. Whew. So many to count. Lessons <laughs> I have learned about being a dad. I learned that my wife didn't know everything about babies. I thought she did. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I'm joking. Like... So I only child and Andrea was a blessing in quotes, <laughs> which means she was an oopsie. Uh, oh no! And like, surprise! Yeah, yeah, surprise. That's better than yeah. an oopsie. <laughs> surprise! Um, and so, like, she, I think her closest siblings made fifteen or sixteen years, so she's basically an only child. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but like, she had four nephews by the time she was like six or something like that, and so she's she all around kids, and she's like, "Yeah, let's have kids." I'm like, "Okay, you know, I sure I'm, I like kids. Let's do it." <laughs> you know, sure. just going sure. down the river like I usually do, and. <laughs> I remember we got home with Asher and literally she looked at me and she goes, I'm not sure what we're supposed to do. And I'm like, what? No, 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 no. You're supposed to know this, you know? And so like just adapting to the situation, I guess. And I'm a patient person 
most of the time anyways, yeah. but I feel like my patience has gone through the roof as, mm-hmm. as a father. And it's maybe not so much with, oh, yes, I'm dealing with a little one who, I mean, he's more like me in that sense, and he loves pushing her buttons, so like <laughs> he and I get along really well that way. But <laughs> patience in the sense of like, you know, the struggles of like, why is our kid not sleeping? He has never slept well. Like, I mean, yeah. like, it's just, it's been a constant struggle. And so, you know, Andrew's the type of person that wants to know why that's mm-hmm. happening. And like me being like, I don't know, you know, but hey, look, let's just wait it out. You know, when he's 16, he's not going to want to sleep, you know, on the floor in our bedroom anymore. Like he, he definitely just won't. Maybe right. he will. I, I hope not, but surely not at 16. If you had said so. nine, I would have been like, eh, it's Maybe. possible, Maybe. but 16, you no. never know. I mean, yeah. right now we can't poop in the potty yet. So it's just like, he'll randomly show up with a pull up on. And I'm like, I'm not sure where you're storing these things. Like <laughs> oh nothing gosh. else but a pull up on. Like that's just, he just rolls in like, Hey, I'm here. That's hilarious. (laughs) But I mean, you know, to be completely serious, get down to it, like being a dad has given me a better understanding of God's love for me Mm. in the sense of like, you know, it's just a father's love. Like, and I couldn't relate to that until I had my own kid, but like seeing him misbehave or seeing him do something that's going to hurt him, like, hey man, don't do that. It's going to hurt you. And then he hurts himself. I'm like, I knew that, you know, and like extending that back to God being like, hey, you're making a poor choice. It's going to wind up hurting you. Don't do that. And then if you go make that choice, it just it makes it suddenly so clear, you know, like how God loves you. And like my kid could be the biggest pill in the whole, to- whole entire world, and he can throw a fit and hit me and tell me he doesn't like me. But no matter what he does, I'm always mm-hmm. going to love him, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. And it just brings that, that relationship that I have with God to the next level because it just made it deeper and more relatable. Mm, so good. I heard growing up, you can't explain a father's love and mother's love too, I'm sure, but you can't explain that kind of parental love until you have your own kid. And it's so true. Like even when you think, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I get it. That's how God loves us, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then just a switch flips on the inside and it's just different. Okay. Last one. Lesson that you have learned that you think everyone should know. I don't know why that's so hard. I really don't. Okay, I'll rephrase. If you could only pass on one lesson to Asher, what would it be? Ooh. <laughs> the knee-jerk reaction that I wanted to say, which you're going to go ahead and edit this out, it'll be fine. It would be never to pee into the wind. but uh, <laughs> Or on an electric fence. Or on an electric fence. That's not getting edited out. Oh, wow. No, that's, that's <laughs> it's, fine. It's uh, shocking, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, I'm, I don't know what you mean because I've never done it, but... I mean, in theory, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Ryan, do you know? Yes, I do know. <laughs> I mean, it didn't feel good, and the other one was a mess. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know both. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, listen, I'm the kid that touched the hot stove just to realize it was hot, but then touched it again later. Like, is it still hot? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just where I'm at. You know, I would tell Asher that no matter what he does, to find friends that will love him for who he is. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times I know, <laughs> you guys may not say this, but like, I know that I can be a bit much to be around. <laughs> uh, and you probably, even if you don't know me, you're getting it from this podcast. There is a part of me that's really insecure and feels like I need to apologize to everyone all the time for how I am. But speaking from experience, I feel like up until about eighth or ninth grade, I did not act how I felt on the inside. I was just very closed off and nervous to be around people. And it sounds selfish, but my life is so much better when I'm going to be me. And yeah. there are going to be times where, yeah, I may be a bit much for people, but those people who know me and who love me 
are okay with that. Yeah. And like, there's also those people who know me and love me, like you, Chris, who will say, hey, man, now's the time to dial it back a little <laughs> bit. And that's okay. Like, yeah. I need that in my life. You know, like, I'm this personality that's kind of a, like, I'm going to say fart in a frying pan because Corey says that's not a, not a real thing, but that is a real thing. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard it. Oh, my gosh. The look on Emmy's face. <laughs> yeah. This came out in a meeting uh, not too long ago, and Ryan, we were on a Zoom meeting, and Ryan just throws out this phrase, like, fart in a frying pan. Mm. Yeah. And Corey literally stopped. He was like, did you just say fart in a frying pan? As literally. you should have. As yes. So have. then we had a poll if anyone had heard it and yeah. it got looked up and apparently it's on Urban Dictionary. So Corey said it's not real. But <laughs> my yeah. wife knew it in a heartbeat. Okay. She even sent Corey. A bit. It must be like an Idaho thing. I don't yeah. know. Like send us a, send us a letter in the mail if you know. <laughs> yeah, really. If you know. I don't know if we do that or like. But anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm just a fart in a frying pan. I'm really unpredictable and impulsive and I change my mind and I just kind of like, oh, gosh, if you were in meetings, you're in meetings with me and. Those meetings are pretty controlled compared to the yeah. creative team meetings. Like yeah. I'm just all over the place in those. And so I don't know. All that to say, find the people that love you and accept you for who you are because even though you might be a little much sometimes, God made you that way for a certain reason. And I feel like, you know, to be true to him, you need to be true to yourself. That's so beautiful. And I, I think that everyone is better when you're true to yourself. Like everybody on the team benefits when Ryan gets to be Ryan and everyone on the team benefits when Emmy gets to be Emmy. And when we feel like we have to subdue or hide a part of who we are, then we're, we're spending energy mm-hmm. keeping that at bay rather than spending energy, just really being invested in who we actually are. So man, I, I love that thing. That's awesome. Yeah. And earlier I heard you, you were talking about that you journaled um, in that time when you were looking for the sign from God on whether to take this job or to even ask for the job, which I think is really cool. Cause I think even just that phrase, I know you said it was cliche of the fact that you were looking for a sign, but I think if we're all honest, we all still have those moments of like, God, can you just show me please. like, please just show me. Like, I know like I'm, I don't need to ask, but can you just show me? Um, but you talked about journaling. And so just in your faith in like all the things you've learned that you just talked about, what are some of the disciplines and things that you've been doing to just, help you grow to help you to continue to progress in and working here and being a father um, and being a husband and all those things. Yeah. So I am a horribly undisciplined person. If you haven't figured <laughs> it out yet. I try. I'm horrible about being the word. Like I'll go at spurts of it. You know, I'm horrible at journaling. I really want to be better about it, but like, I just, it seems to be the thing on my list that always gets bumped down when there's other things that seem like they're a priority. Hmm. And um, you know, along with other things like working out and whatnot, like I, I will put others before me and even before that relationship sometimes, which is not right by any means. And so it's a struggle that I, I, I have. Yeah. So, I mean, like a couple of things that have been really impactful recently. Well, I mean, one's a long-term thing and one's been recently like, um, leading a small group when I, uh, like I, I'm completely not qualified to do that in any sense of the word. Like, uh, I'm filling a spot that needs to be filled and, and I'm okay with that. But like that makes me prepare. That makes mm-hmm. me get in the word, like having an obligation to other people and kind of a leadership role. So that's always been a, a good one. And then this last year I got to go on a backpacking trip for about, it was like four or five days with one of my volunteers invited me. It's uh, through a ministry called way forward out of Dallas. And we, you go hiking in Colorado, but the cool part of it is is that they take away like your watch, all your technology, everything, and like you can ask questions, and literally your guides go, "That's a really interesting question," 
and that's it. Like you don't ever know where you're going. You don't know what's going on. You don't know how long you're going to walk for. And it literally, they're saying is be where your boots are. And it has been one of the most profound things because while I was up there, you have a devotional, you do small group activities. And like, I was really able to kind of dial back in and focus and realize, all right, these are some areas that I'm having a hard time with. And one of them, you know, strangely enough, like I feel like I pour into Asher a lot, but one of them was literally just knowing when to be present with him. And so I'm, I'm again, by no means perfect with that, but you know, when I'm home, I'm home trying not to be on the phone, trying not to do those other things and just being there, you know, cause when I'm in another room working on something else, which things have to happen like that, like cooking dinner and whatnot. But like when you hear his little voice go, daddy, watch this, watch this, like pause and take that second to go be mm, with whoever so that good. is, because he's not going to be little like that forever. Yeah. And he just, he just really wants you to see what he's doing. And he's just doing some goofy dance or, you know, trying to pants Andrea, which happens quite a bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, really just, being in the moment, I would say, is probably the biggest discipline that I've been working on recently. How do you take that, the idea of being in the moment, the idea of surrounding yourself with people who accept you for who you are, um, everything you said about community and faith, and how do you put all of that together and that be the thing that propels you forward? Like, I, I, I ask the question this way often, and it's just, so what? Right. It's like everything you've said is so true. Right. It's so good. But what do you do with that? Like, how does that impact just how you engage with other people and who you are moving forward and what you what you try to be about? Yeah. Uh, you know, when all those things kind of coalesce and come together, oh, that's a $5 word. <laughs> Amalgamation, yeah, coalesce. Amalgamate. Yeah. I'm learning so much. <laughs> uh, that's right. Almost doctor in the house. Uh, when all those things come together, I'm a better person. That's the, the so what of it is that I'm a better person. I'm more willing to stop and talk with people. I'm not in my head about what's going on. I may see somebody I don't know and I'll engage with them. Yeah. I'll, you know, check in with my small group regularly. I'll check in with my old small group people regularly. You know, like I'm more open to just kind of those little nudges or tugs on my heart from God saying, hey, man, like you really should do this. You know, like you really should call this person. Like, I wonder how so and so is. Mm-hmm. And just being way more available and way. It's less about me at that point. Um, I'm able to just say, okay, I'll put me aside, and how can I help those around me? So good. I love it. Ryan, it has been quite the pleasure having you on and helping share a little bit of your story and just people getting to see a little bit of a glimpse behind the beard and uh, a little more of of who you are. And, (laughs) man, this is only scratching the surface for your personality and what you bring to this team. But before we let you go, we have to have a little bit of fun. Um, we've already had a lot of fun, but we want to have a little more a little fun. More. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Get the duh. And so, Emmy, Emmy is going to take it away. We have a, a little segment for you. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, maybe it wasn't that long ago, Chelsea, you and I were doing those quizzes. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a peacock. And so, okay. <laughs> that was okay. a quiz. We did a quiz where Chelsea's you there was like four different birds, and you took a quiz to tell you which bird you were. It was what a peacock, a dove. An eagle? An eagle and an owl? Yeah, I really wanted that I owl. I was a dove. You really tried. I really but... wanted that owl. <laughs> my anyway, head all the way around. so today, we're going to plan your dream vacation and reveal what Disney princess you are. Hot dog. Yes. Hot dog. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I guess what Disney princess yeah, let's I am? Go, let's, let's each do that. Let's oh, go okay. for it. Okay. Chris? <laughs> yeah, Chef, let's hear it. Wait, I'm guessing what, what Disney, pr- oh, what Disney oh, princess oh, yeah. he yes. will be. Uh, oh, um... Oh man, I should know this. I'm a girl dad. Honestly, I would just pick any because I don't really know. I, I would think. say 
Ariel. Ooh. Okay. Hot dog. Now that you say that, I'm going to go Rapunzel from Tangled. Yeah, I can see that too. Rapunzel. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, like, does Pocahontas count? Can I be Pocahontas? Sure. Yeah, she counts. She is a princess. That or Belle. I almost said Belle, but... Yeah, I'm more of a beast, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to ask you questions and give you, like, the options, and then you can just tell me and I'll fill it. Okay? Perfect. So, first question is, where are you going? New York City? Mm -hmm. Italy? Mm -hmm. Paris? Sydney, Tokyo, London, Germany, or How many Ho- answers are there? Or Hawaii. I knew you were going to say that. That's a lot. Um, oh, my goodness. Anyone you remember, just pick it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Italy. My favorite soccer team's over there. There you go. Really? Who's your favorite soccer team? AC Milan, baby. Okay. When are you going? Like, what month? They're Northern Hemisphere, so it's all the same. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure about like that, because, you know, sometimes you go in the summer and it'd be the winter in the other area. But uh, I'm going March. I like mm, it. Italy in March. Mm-hmm. Yep, springtime in Italy. How long are you staying? Three weeks. Where are you staying? So if you got to pick anywhere to stay, like Ooh. a hotel, a tent, they have a castle as <laughs> an option, a tree house, yeah, uh, a cruise a, ship. I might go with a, a tree house. You like the tree house? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> All right. A tree house in Italy in March for three <laughs> yeah, weeks. I'll tell you. My like Italian it. tree house adventure. <laughs> Let's go. Sounds like a Pee Wee Herman movie. Who are you going with? I like how it gives your sister as an option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with my non-existent sister. <laughs> your pets, by yourself, Andrea. Okay, I have a, I have a, a question. <laughs> okay. Why would anyone say, I'm going to Italy with my pets? Maybe that's their family. Their pet peacock? There are some people that really love it. Who would you go to Italy with? Mm. Is Andrea some uh, prob- I don't know. Okay, yeah. Uh, Andrea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. What would you eat over there? Food. What kind? You have burritos, lobster. I want an Italian burrito. Yes. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's actually the that's answer you I'm would think. Yeah. If you all could right. see all of them, all you right. would say burrito. Yeah. burrito. Italian burrito. Okay. On day one, what are you going to do? It gives you some. What would you like to do on your first day there? How are these open response okay, well, questions they're even not, like applicable? But there's like swimming. I would like to party. I want to sightsee. I want to eat food. Do you want to go horseback riding? Cooking? I've never been horseback riding. You want to? You want to do it? I want to go horseback riding. Cooking? Is that what you said? <laughs> no, no, cooking, cooking was separate. another option. Oh, comma, cooking. like a cooking yeah, class. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't want to go to cooking class. You can paint. Um, you could learn how to cook Italian burritos. I could. <laughs> I could have as many as I wanted in my treehouse. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just thought about all those burritos I could be having. I don't think Andrea wants to go with me anymore. <laughs> Can I say a soccer game? Can I go see a soccer game? Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. What are you filling in for the soccer game, Sightseeing, ma'am? Sightseeing. That's what we're counting that oh, as. Oh, my goodness. You're what taking about... a lot of liberties here. <laughs> Wide berth. Okay. And then, oh, what Disney song will you keep jamming to? How many Disney songs do you know? I know a bunch. Okay. A Whole New World. Uh-huh. Someday My Prince Will Come. Yeah. When Will My Life Begin? Oh. A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. No. Beauty and the Beast. No. I'll make a man out of you. Oh, <laughs> with part, my Italian burritos in the treehouse. Part of your world. Uh, yes. And, or in part of your world. The Little Mermaid. What? There's you not want, under the sea? Like, I can't choose under the sea? No, well, part of your world is well, Little just, Mermaid. It'll lump you in with the Little Mermaid. That's how I this works. under the sea. Okay, well, part of your world it is. How would you like to get to Italy? Oh, ooh. You want to take a carriage? Under the sea. Under the sea in an Italian burrito. How are you going to take a carriage to Italy? look, there's also... Yeah. Your options are magic carpet. Magic oh, is also magic, magic carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to fly yeah. like that. That'd be okay. Are you sweet. ready for your answer? Yeah, Rapunzel. Who was right? No, no way. way. <laughs> what? 
absolutely it not. It says you're a free spirit and you love to explore. Sometimes your curiosity gets the best of you. You're adventurous and a bit of a troublemaker. Good night, that's accurate. <laughs> it's very accurate, but all of those things are also about. aerial. Yeah. You're and Pocahontas. She but let's be honest. Okay, yeah. The, the picture says Rapunzel. Emmy <laughs> did not. Uh, maybe she did rig it, but. Um, I don't even know how. I wish I was that smart. Yeah. I couldn't do that. Wow. Okay. So you are Rapunzel the Peacock. Hey, bring it on. I'm also a seven for those of you doing Enneagram. A yes. Yellow. Enneagram comes up on another episode. Wow. I'm really impressed. Yeah. So good. Well, Ryan, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. One day my voice will sound like yours. I'm gonna it does. That. I'm gonna I go think that he's going to go and practice In now. my ears, it sounds deep and rich and oh. <laughs> just like your beard. Yeah. Rich. Like Ooh. an Italian burrito. Yes. <laughs> I imagine it would be full of In a treehouse. Yeah, I'm like, what is an Italian burrito? In a treehouse in meatballs in it, I bet. Yeah, okay. there you go. Meatball and sub. salami. They and call it an Italian sub. burrito. Yeah. It's probably not even Italian food, but you know what? There's Not a market for this. Hey, okay, if you had to open, and we're going to close the episode yeah, with this. If you had to open an Italian burrito shop uh-huh. here in College Station, what would you call it? <laughs> Italian burrito place. I don't, I don't I know. Say, Ryan's a really good it's cook, a, so well, I was hoping well, for well, a better very, I know, yeah. I was hoping for a real Listen, I have Listen, I have one for a chicken restaurant. But we can't, we can't <laughs> do that one. No, we can't. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, well, this, it's no. We're not talking yeah, about well, that. No, no. See, so we're can not talking cut about that. that whole thing right out. It's all good. Yeah. This see, but a, I, I squelched PG that. Pocket, PG pocket. PG. I squelched it. You didn't even have to life life spotter me. Yeah. I keep wanting to say life hacker. <laughs> life not, spotter not, me. <laughs> if I could life hack you, that would be kind of listen. Cool. I imagine Chris is a life spotter. He's running around like when he did the Baywatch series. He's got his stuff, <laughs> and he's just behind me all the time. He's ready to just. He's protecting me from myself. I'm there. I'm trying to get you back. I love it. Got you back. Okay. Thanks, guys. Emmy? This was so fun. It Yay. gets better and better every time. Yes, it does. Every so time. good. We work with some amazing people. Okay, we will see you next time on the Story We're Sharing podcast. Bye. Bye.